new data point to new directions for fundraising from donor advised funds. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Anna Pruitt. Anna is the Managing Director of Giving USA. She serves on the research team at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Anna, we always enjoy talking with you on the Fundraising School podcast. And now you have some new data on donor advised funds. First of all, tell us how this study came together. That's a great question, Bill. As people may remember, we actually put together a special report on donor advised funds in partnership with Giving USA in 2018. It was really one of the first studies of its kind looking at where do grants from donor advised funds go and what kinds of organizations are getting them and how have those trends changed over time. With this new special report, we're able to ask those same questions, but at a far grander scale. For this year's report, we have data from 87 organizations representing $74 billion in grants and representing about 75% of grant total that grant totals from donor advised funds for the years of this study. So a huge sample size, a lot of data to look at. And what were some of the trends that emerged from your study? The top line finding is that grants from donor advised funds have a unique footprint. And what we specifically mean by that is if we were to put a pie chart of where grants from donor advised funds go right next to a pie chart showing where grant or where uh, dollars from all sources of giving go, say from the Giving USA pie chart, as we are wont to do, um, we would see some big differences. Most notably, what we would see is that giving to education represents about 29% of total grant dollars from donor advised funds. And religion represents about 14% um, as the second largest category. Now, those are who are familiar with the Giving USA pie chart will know that those proportions are just almost exactly flipped for Giving USA. In addition, we also see that giving to arts represents 9% of total giving from DAFs. And compare, by comparison, that's only 4% of the total for Giving USA. So religion and education basically flip-flop, not just in terms of order, but in terms of their percentages. When we look at the normal Giving USA pie chart and now the Giving USA donor advised fund pie chart and the art subsector, a percentage that's more than double coming from donor advised funds than we see in the typical Giving USA pie chart. And help us take a step back to Giving USA when we use that initial pie chart showing, you know, individuals, foundations, bequests, corporations. Where is the DAF giving uh, coming from on that kind of overall big picture pie chart in Giving USA? Another great question and one of our most frequently asked. And really, in Giving USA, we've tended to treat um, giving to donor advised funds as sort of pass through organizations. So where they're counting on the sources side is giving by individuals when that individual makes a grant or makes a donation to a donor advised fund. And then over on the uses side, we're counting that donation to wherever the donor or wherever that donor advised fund sponsoring organization is counted. So if you make a, a donation to your uh, DAF at Fidelity Charitable, that would be counted in public society benefit. If you make a gift to a DAF at Indiana University, that's counted in education. And of course, because we want to um, make sure we're really getting the 
the, the net here, we actually take the net of grants to and from donor advised funds so that we're not double counting. Yeah, so when Fidelity sends the money out in terms of a grant, we account for that uh, by not double counting the dollars. Absolutely, and that's why this um, research is so interesting because we're actually providing a bit of insight into where those dollars go and how those trends change over time. And so we know that different types of organizations can host donor advised funds. Certainly community foundations have been at this since around 1930 or so. And we know that large private wealth management corporations have created nonprofit organizations alongside themselves to host donor advised funds. You mentioned Indiana University, we host donor advised funds. Uh, any nonprofit pretty much can set up a donor advised fund mechanism if they would like. What does this most recent study show in terms of where that donor advised fund is established by an individual donor and where the disbursements go? What distinctions do we see? Right, so this is another really interesting uh, part of the study that we are able to break out um, how grants from national donor advised funds do look different from community foundations and those single issue charities. And most notably what we find is that grants from community foundations actually go less to religion and more to environment and animals, health and human services when we compare them to grants coming out of national donor advised funds. Now, single issue charities are really um, their own kettle of fish, if you will, um, because of the nature of those kinds of organizations. We see um, a lot of Jewish federations here, organizations like National uh, Christian Foundation are located here. So we also see a larger share of grant dollars going to international affairs and religion as compared to the overall DAF granting pie chart. Trying to synthesize some different studies from our school, and I'm just wondering here. So our good friends at the Lake Institute point out that more than half of all gifts from individuals, about 55%, have some sort of religious motivation. What we're seeing with donor advised funds is it's the second highest, 14%, second to education, so still substantial, but declining even more when we see community foundations and their DAP distributions. Can I summarize from that, that people who have a primarily religious motivation for giving are less likely to use donor advised funds? Or am I digging too deep in terms of that? What I think we're, we might be seeing there is that there actually can be some restrictions at community foundations about fulfilling personal pledges. That's how many people think about their giving to religion as a personal pledge. So it really has more to do with the kind of organization. And I think another thing that we see here is that you know, who's behind all these donor advice funds? Well, donors are. So donors are going to select these different um, funds at different types of organizations based on the things that those uh, different organizations offer. So we tend to think of DAFs as this really monolithic um, one, you know, one kind of thing, but actually there's lots of different kinds of donor advised funds, lots of different kinds of donor advised funds sponsoring organizations. And I think that's really important for fundraisers to remember. And we saw in the community foundation world, some distinctions. What about amongst the private wealth management companies? Were there some tendencies there in terms of where uh, the DAF grants are going? Sure, what we see is uh, the national DAF picture looks very, very similar to the overall DAF picture. And you know, partially this is just because those are the largest organizations and represent a, a larger share of overall dollars. 
And of course, the big question then is what's been happening during the pandemic and whatever season of the pandemic that we are or are not in. I know when we've talked to two of our alums, Dr. Dan Heist and Dr. Daniel Vance McMullen, uh, their research has pointed out that during times of crisis, disbursements from donor advised funds tend to increase. They studied what was happening after the Great Recession. We also saw some data from Candid that was seeing some increased disbursement, at least in the first six months of the pandemic. What does this study show, at least even in a preliminary way, of what might have been happening with donor advised fund disbursements in the year 2020? Another great question. So we don't have that final IRS data for 2020 quite yet, but we do have data from a subset of DAF sponsoring organizations for 2019 and 2020. And what we saw matches very closely with what we heard elsewhere around the sector. So what we saw in our data is that grant dollars increased by about 40% in 2020 as compared to 2019. And there was also growth in the sheer number of individual organizations receiving grants. Um, And then finally, you know, one of the really exciting findings is that human services actually grew as a percentage of the total, representing 27% of total grant dollars in 2020 from DAFs, matching education for the largest subsector. So this is a total change from what we've seen in previous years, where that, that pie chart for giving from DAFs has remained relatively stable over time. We see a real interruption in 2020 with people responding to the highly unusual um, and intense events of of that year. So in 2020, we saw an increase in disbursements from donor advised funds. Again, that's the preliminary data. We don't have all the data in from 2020 just yet, but the data we do have show this increase in disbursements and an increase in disbursements from DAFs to human services with this greater awareness of human need. Uh, caused by the pandemic. And I know you're aware of some other research our schools conducted on who are folks who are donating into donor advised funds. And one of the takeaways from that research has shown that many of these folks are some of the most strategic donors, that they're putting the money there for a while, uh, either to just think about it some more, to accumulate it, to make a bigger gift, to utilize with their families, to teach kids about charitable giving, to have a bigger impact, or when the need is the greatest, um, are you seeing an alignment there? I'm kind of curious, and I know you live in the data world, and I'm asking you to just kind of speculate a little bit here, but when you see what we know about 2020 now from this particular study, what is that telling us, do you think, about a typical DAF donor? Well, I have one more data point from 2020 that I'd like to share is that we saw grants to uh, historically Black colleges and universities and other racial justice organizations more than quadruple. So I think that what that tells us between the growth in giving to human services and the growth in giving to these racial justice organizations is that donors respond to need. And in fact, again, there are donors behind these donor advised funds. Um, You know, this is something that we see elsewhere in the school. This is something we've seen with our high net worth donors who told us during the Great Recession um, that they actually changed their giving priorities to reflect larger amounts going to those human services organizations. So absolutely the um, kind of the environment of giving has an impact on giving from donor advised funds. I think something else to remember, as you just mentioned, Bill, um, you know, for most donors that have donor advised funds, many of them give in other ways as well. It's usually not the only way that these donors give. So I think that's another important thing to remember. 
Um, if, if people are thinking, well, how do I find these donor advice fund holders? You may already know them, actually. Um, they could very well be donors that you already have. That's exactly right. And that's what we teach at the fundraising school, that unlike foundations where you can do some database searches to find a foundation whose guidelines might match up with your public service mission, with donor advised funds, you're meeting individuals and finding out that they have a donor advised fund. By and large, that's the process. And uh, Anna, again, you know, you talk about uh, what many folks refer to as the, the twin pandemics, obviously COVID-19 and racial and social justice and reconciliation. And we're seeing that donor advised fund holders responding to both of those needs in significant ways uh, in the year 2020. Again, Giving USA special report on donor advised funds Managing Director of Giving USA is Dr. Anna Pruitt, member of our research team at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where you can find this research study at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Now, when you throw on a forward slash and the fundraising school, then you find the public courses from the fundraising school, which are increasing uh, in terms of public in-person offerings across the continental United States. Of course, we still have a robust range of offerings online, both recorded and live, whatever suits your purposes best. Custom training we can bring to your nonprofit, your association, your geographic region in the United States and anywhere across the world, in person and online. We have these free podcasts, quarterly webinars, and again, that web address, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Balkman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.